What's going on, everybody? It's Gabriel Manchaka. Today, I'm actually solo. I wanted to go over a few things. Uh, number one, uh, in this podcast, we want to try to do a few different things. But the number one thing is to bring some value into anybody who's in church planting, anybody who's in ministry, anybody who's a church leader, even if you're just uh, somebody who just serves at a local church and you see that there's a possible way that you can use some of the information to utilize at your local ministry, I want to just tell you, go ahead and take it, use whatever you can use, man. I want to bring out the idea of digital outreach. So one of the things that we've seen in the whole pandemic thing, you know, everybody went online. Now, those that didn't, they they actually had major loss as far as the connectivity of the church, even the some of the community of the church. Now, there, let me say this from the beginning. When I'm speaking about digital or online ministry, I don't want to make it just that that's all it's about. We want to make sure that digital or online ministry is part of the community of the church, of, of believers. So we don't want to make it the only thing, but we want to make it centric to how we are able to um, get our information out, how we're able to talk to people, stay in touch during the week, provide uh, clips of sermons, provide uh, information that helps us move along in everything we're doing. I like what one article says. It says, crisis, after all, is not just a disruptor, it's an accelerator. And so a lot of the the research that we've been looking at, it basically uh, positions us that a lot of the church membership and a lot of the the people going to a physical location was uh, lowering. It was was, um, dwindling in some areas of the USA, of Europe. And so we see that there was a lot of movement of people not going to a physical location. However, we do see that in this pandemic, that digital and online presentation of ministry has even doubled or tripled a church's reach. So for example, I talked to one pastor who on their their best Sunday, they had maybe 50 people. Like, and we're talking, you know, the kids, uh, the cats, the dogs, <laughs> everything that was there that's living and breathing was counted. And when they went online because of the pandemic, the location they were used was forced to be closed. They actually started reaching anywhere between 150 and 250 per stream. And so the idea is that we can actually use the opportunity to, to push out into areas we weren't able to reach into. Uh, some of the changes that um, we probably saw happening in the next five to 10 years became kind of normal. So there is a company, WordPress, <clears throat> I believe, I could be wrong in the stat, uh, but I believe they had around 60% of their workforce working remotely. So this was in 2018, 2017, uh, you know, back in a uh, few years back. And this was kind of like almost a normal or standardized uh, setup for them as a company. So you look at a lot of businesses and how they went to a remote uh, or online only work uh, setup. And so what we have is that not only did it become normal in the workforce, it became something that people were looking for uh, in ministry. So if you're at home, you're not going anywhere, you're, you're following the, you know, the, the orders that were stay at home, uh, and even some parts of Europe, there's still a lockdown, and today is April 13th, 2021, and there's still some countries, uh, cities in lockdown, so people are not only looking to finish and accomplish their normal uh, nine-to-five job, they're also looking to stay connected to the ministry and the community that they have. So a church that basically viewed this as an opportunity to kind of move forward 
they've done well. <clears throat> you know, we've we've talked with people who basically embraced the change and they've actually uh, grown. They've seen some good growth. They see some good connectivity. And so um, what I'm talking about is digital outreach specifically. So those people that are looking for online ministry aren't necessarily looking for the, um, the most well-known names. They're looking for what you know, speaks to them in a way of where they're at right now. So we all know that one person, uh, one pastor is not going to pastor, you know, seven billion people on the earth. So we know that pastors are important. Those that are online, being part of an online ministry are important, especially for the one person that is looking to connect online. When we look at all of this and we talk about digital outreach, I want to give you some areas that you can basically think about how as a ministry or as a church, even as an individual, how you can connect with people online. So there's a few accounts I want to bring your attention to that uh, you can actually go and learn from and how to connect and how to be uh, digitally based in your outreach method. So one of them would be there's a there's a, a guy on Instagram and he's actually all over social media. Uh, they have 48,000 followers on Instagram for the church account, and he has 107,000 followers for his personal account on Instagram only. And then he also has, like I said, a TikTok, Facebook, I think he has a Snapchat. But what they're doing is they're utilizing the online platforms to basically hold online uh, sermons and uh, preaching material. Now, we know that you can't directly have community in a live stream right right away because you if you're speaking, you need somebody actually interacting with the comments or you're responding to the comments. But if you had a prepared sermon or message, you it'll take you off topic if you answer all the comments. So what I'm pointing out here is the digital outreach model that you can utilize is you can always be presenting a message or sermon online, whether that's a picture with one, one paragraph of text and one scripture. This actually, somebody will read and be encouraged or be challenged by uh, the edification of, of you know, another believer. All these things can happen just through an image and some text. We know that the word of God does not return void. So when you put that out, it actually is speaking to somebody. Now, if you want to go a little bit further and record a small sermon, do that. Do whatever you can. I would suggest this, if you're planning on, on trying to connect online to, be, to have a digital outreach method, focus on the people that you already are connected to online. So if you have friends and family on your Facebook and you see that they, they like, they comment, they share your material, uh, focus on them. Find out, you know, hey, uh, let's talk about something that's relevant to your community right now. You know, if someone lives in Los Angeles, you're able to understand. If you live in Los Angeles and they live in Los Angeles, you know what's going on in that community. But if they live in Miami and you live in Toledo, Ohio, you know, you don't really know what exactly is going on. So connecting with them is number one. Now, what I understood uh, from a, a previous podcast I listened to, it's that right now, the highest open rate of any other messaging platform is Facebook Messenger. So Facebook Messenger, for any person that is trying to utilize a digital outreach method, Facebook Messenger is the one you want to utilize. You want to reach people on Facebook Messenger. How do you do that? You start with the people you know. It's a little weird to write somebody you don't know. 
But if you write people you know and a simple question, how can I pray for you today? How are you doing? Even just sending a verse or a message, this is digital outreach. This is something you would do if you saw them every morning. Meaning if you guys went to the same coffee shop and you ran into each other every morning before going to work and you just said, hey man, how are you doing? You know, hey, how can I pray for you today? You know, this is the same method. It's just a digital place. It's just a digital outreach. And so when you're talking to people through Facebook Messenger, it gives you a platform that you can do it any time of the day pretty much. And so uh, if you utilize Facebook Messenger alone, you'll begin to see that there's some traction and momentum that can happen just by connecting with people online. So digital outreach can happen in many different forms. Like I said, pictures, uh, it can happen with doing short sermons, it can happen with sending messages. But the point would be this, if we're seeing growth in the online areas of ministry, how do you as a Christian, as a believer, view that? Now, number one, we should view it in the way that Jesus taught us, be fishers of men. So a fisher of men uses, you know, the tools to catch the fish, the net, the, the fishing rod, you know, the, the, the hook. And so the fishing line, all these things, they were tools to catch fish. And so what I'm saying is a digital outreach is a tool to catch fish. It's a tool that we use to fish. So we share the gospel through these online methods, through these tools, and we utilize them to basically speak into the lives of those around us. Now, I can tell you this, that Carrie Neuhoff, it's, I think it's pronounced Neuhoff, CarrieNeuhoff.com gives us some, uh, it says seven new disruptive church trends every church leader should watch. So there's the number one thing he says is the church will further consolidate as it expands. So this is interesting because <laughs> um, what, what he's saying is this. That initially you saw a surge in online attendance and then a subsequent slump, meaning that people started watching like people started watching like everything you put up and then they kind of stopped. So let that let that think be something that you think about that most people get excited and then the uh, it just fades away because it's a busy platform. They are watching every other thing. So the point would be this, that see how this works. See what works for you. When you do something online, try different things, try different methods. And then uh, the number two thing he says, the return to the church might not be the rush leaders hope for. Now, this is a hard one to swallow because every single church wants the original crowd they had in 2019. <laughs> they they want to look at church and think like, man, we had, let's say we had 500 people coming to service every Sunday for each service. So you had maybe 1,500 people coming in on a Sunday uh, and being served. And now what we're saying and what we're seeing is that the response to coming back to the church is not going to be fast. On top of that, most people will probably um, opt for the online version until they feel like everything's safe. So another thing that he kind of says that we should watch is that churches will become digital organizations with physical locations. Now, this is a big one because this kind of changes the model that you would have, period. 
So what we have been traditionally in the churches I grew up around, we were a physical location, meaning the goal was to get people to be in service on Sunday morning. That was the goal. That was the purpose of the outreach. That, I mean, obviously, we wanted to share the gospel. We wanted people to know who Jesus is, but we wanted them to be part of the community by coming into Sunday morning service. Now, this is where something can change because community, as far as just talking and staying in relationship, can happen digitally. Now, we do need in-person gatherings. Let me say that again. We do need in-person gatherings. However, they may not look the same. They may look different. And then um, number four, he says, agility will become one of your most valuable leadership qualities, meaning that (laughs) if you can move things around, you have the ability to pivot, to change a bit, um, innovate, because things need to happen in, in experimentation you have to kind of experiment with it and then be able to change. And then um, he says, number five, virtual and flexible staff teams will be the new normal, which I think is true. And number six, spiritual form- formation will shift from facility-based to home-based. Spiritual formation will shift from facility-based to home-based. And I, and I think that's actually more, um, it's closer to scripture than it is away from it. What we saw in scripture is that you know, uh, these households got saved. You know, the early church, the book of Acts, we saw that households got saved and that's how it spread. Like they did come together in large gatherings. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm saying we should do that. But that what we're going to see, and I, I believe this to be true, is that people are looking for real connection. They're not looking for experience or entertainment as much as they are looking for real relationship. And relationships... They, they start with a depth, or they have a depth when it happens at home. Some of our closest friends and some of our friends, uh, they come over for dinner. We go to their place for dinner. That is because we, we know that when you're in someone's home, there's, there's no facade. It's, it's who they are. The biggest facade you will have is a clean house. Because <laughs> we all know that no one's house is clean 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We clean up before people come over for dinner. They clean up before we go over for dinner. But the reality would be this, that people are looking for real relationship, not just in the body of Christ. They're, they're looking for that outside. You know, Netflix gets boring. Netflix, the series, uh, the show ends. <laughs> and they're people that they were so... Um, invested into that they realized that was a tv show i don't have any real friends so what we're looking at is we need to look at how are we going to bring about small groups home-based stuff in in a way that comes from the digital connection online the digital outreach that we're meeting and talking and praying for people online and saying okay now come to our house for dinner you know let's meet up here at this place for dinner or meet at a restaurant or a cafe. But the idea would be this, that it's not going to be centric to a location. And this is actually a good thing because this is less about uh, getting this awesome location and more about providing a place that real relationship can happen. Um, number seven that this guy, Kerry, uh, shares with us is on-demand access will eclipse live events. So on-demand access. (laughs) And he says this, we've been an on-demand culture for a while. And this is true. We are very on-demand. We watch our TV shows when we want to watch them. Before, 
you know, uh, I grew up in the generation that, you know, if, if uh, a certain TV show came on at seven o'clock at night, it was like you were either going to watch it or you weren't. You missed the episode if you weren't available to watch it. So Netflix and all these on-demand services, Hulu, Disney Plus, um, they have given us the on-demand mindset where we decide when we can watch it, when we want to watch it. And sometimes this is how this, this dictates a lot of the culture within the church. Now, I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing. What I'm saying is that this is just the reality of how cultural mindsets happen. And so what has happened is that when we say to somebody that our live stream is at 10 a.m. and they say, I wake up at 12, <laughs> they're basically saying, oh, well, too bad I missed it. I'll watch the replay because they can watch it when they get an opportunity. Now, this is something that is kind of a space to explore because we're not looking to change um, the gospel. We're not looking to change the church. What we're looking to do is create community. Community develops into a place of discipleship. Discipleship takes us into a place of maturity, and that maturity takes us into a place to share or spread the gospel of Jesus. And so we need community. We need interaction. Uh, I'm a big in-person person. So the digital stuff, as much as people might think I, I love and I'm all about, I am, but I also 100% miss and greatly work towards the idea of meeting in person. But I don't want to develop it on the traditional model of being based around a brick and mortar place. So for example, and this is where we can, I can kind of give you just a visual for those of you that you know, have gone out shopping or anything like that. Uh, we all remember Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble bookstores. So Barnes and Noble bookstores, I actually really loved. I, I loved hanging out in them. I loved going and reading through some books, you know, um, uh, even just articles, just stuff. Just you could literally almost do like research in in that. It was like a library. There was Starbucks, you know, Barnes and Noble bookstores were just massive, and you could buy gifts for people. And so it was a it was a thing that was everywhere. Everybody knew about Barnes and Noble. And then came along Amazon. Amazon began selling books online. So Barnes & Noble had a physical location and their model was to attract people to the physical location in which people would then in turn spend time and buy a book. Amazon simply said, we're going to sell you the book you're looking for. You're looking for this book, type it in the search bar, buy it, we send it to you. We all know what happened to Barnes & Noble. They were trying to get people to come to them. Barnes & Noble no longer has the presence that they did before. Amazon holds the major presence. We all use Amazon because it's the way that mindsets shifted. So the point would be this. If we stay with a model of telling people, hey, come here, visit me here at this location, uh, come get what you're looking for here. What we're saying is we're, we're wanting to stay with the Barnes & Noble approach. What we know is this, Amazon is one of the largest companies in the world. And they broke into a model that really connected with people. It brought things to them versus bringing the people to Amazon. So what I'm saying is this, in our cultural mindsets, where we're at right now as a society, the church, we have to understand that we're not reacting. We are, we are the ones that are the forerunners. 
We always brought the gospel to the people, period. Some people think that, you know, oh, we're changing our models because businesses are doing this or this and that. No. See, I remember going to the street and passing out flyers in communities. I remember going with uh, our church group uh, here in Los Angeles. I remember going with our church group at my dad's church in Dallas, Texas. I remember doing it in Estonia. Uh, we went out to the communities and passed out flyers, invited them, connected with them. Sometimes we would pray with them right then and there because they needed it right then and there. So the point would be this. Digital outreach gives us the place to connect with people right then and there. You don't know how many times I, I prayed with a, a person, a drug addict, who was saying, I just need Jesus. I need to come off drugs. Or I prayed with somebody who was uh, going through a major um, difficult season in their life and just prayed with them right there at the train station or at the, uh, the corner uh, liquor store and just prayed with them. And, and they started crying because it was what they needed right then and there. We always took the gospel to the people. That has never changed. The Reformation was Martin Luther uh, saying we should be able to read the Bible. The Bible should be accessible by all people. The, the whole idea of taking the gospel to the people is not us reacting to a business model and saying that, oh, that works. What we're saying is this. We always did this anyway. The point is we have to utilize the tools that are available to us now. The message is the same, but the method changes because cultures and, and society shifts into different areas. And so the reality would be this. We always took the gospel to the people anyway. The thought would be this. Now you have a tool to do it from literally your phone, your iPad, your computer, your, your laptop, your desktop. Uh, you, can, you can literally just get on and start reaching out to people. One of the things that I would say is if you can get an invitation to the Clubhouse app, this is something that I think every single preacher, every pastor, every evangelist, you can utilize. It is a live broadcast app, audio only. Uh, you can invite people to speak with you. You can interview people. You can do Q&As. You can allow people to speak, and you can mute them, which is also important. But it's not video. It's just audio. You can do it from your phone. Right now, it's in it's still kind of in beta mode. It's invite only. But it's something that I would say, if you can jump on this app, I'm telling you, you will have a good platform. Uh, it's the same thing like Zoom, but Zoom's very closed. It's a it's a link, you know, you, you have to get on a computer, download the app. Uh, Clubhouse is just, you download the app and that's it. You, you, send, you can connect with people, you can uh, ping them to say, hey, come join this room. But uh, I would say there's a lot of tools right now that we can utilize to take the gospel to people where they are at. I'm Gabriel Machaca, thank you guys for listening.